endless suffering. The Buddha teaches us that suffering in this life is infinite. The various kinds of suffering are traditionally classified as the three sufferings and the eight distresses. One of the eight distresses is the suffering that results when we encounter things and persons that we resent. This kind of suffering might occur when members of a family, for example, are brought together by negative karma. Within such a family, the children may have temperaments different from those of their parents, or their intellects may clash. Parental instructions in that case may be disrespected. Occasionally, children may be virtuous while their parents are not, and the parents may be reluctant to listen to their children's advice and encouragement due to their lack of affinity. It is self-evident that parents, children, and spouses come together in these unfortunate ways as a result of their negative karma, and are unable to free themselves from each other despite their antagonisms. What miserable lives they lead! Their problems could be solved by separating from each other, but that is sometimes difficult to arrange even if they want to live apart. Someone might suggest to his son and his father that they end their unhealthy relationship by deciding to live apart, but their bad karma may render such a decision impossible. Similarly, antagonisms may arise in the workplace involving you and your employer, or you and one or more of your colleagues. You will naturally be in the wrong if you make a mistake, but there may also be times when you are blamed even when you are in the right. When negative karmas converge, everything positive about you may be resented and become the roots of negativity among your colleagues. For example, you may have no positive affinity with a particular person, or you may have some negative entanglements so that even if you give him flowers, he will reject them as if they were stinking garbage. On the other hand, if your affinity with someone is positive, you can throw excrement at him and he will think it smells like a bouquet of flowers. Most people are twisted in that way and completely rely on their personal feelings instead of making decisions based on reason and wisdom. Isn't it pitiful? We are all just like such ordinary people because we have not transcended the three realms of existence. Now that we chant the Buddha's name, we should no longer allow ourselves to suffer, but should accept adversity and make a serious effort to transform our negative karma. That is, we must not simply accept suffering, we must find a way to be free from it. And there is a way for us to be free, because conditions terminate just as they arise. Buddhist teachings do not include a theory of predestination. Rather, we understand that any situation is alterable according to its conditions and affiliations. All we need to do is eliminate negative karma and create positive karma. When we chant the Buddha's name, we are practicing the precepts, concentration, and wisdom. We need to constantly uphold them and not allow greed, anger, and ignorance to ruin us. The sins of killing, theft, and sexual misconduct will ruin our physical bodies, whereas greed, anger, and ignorance will ruin our Dharma bodies. We should yearn to develop the supreme wisdom of Buddha Dharma, which will enable us to grow lotuses of enlightenment out of the dirt of this world, those precious lotus flowers that we need to be reborn in the Western Pure Land. A second distress occurs when we are disappointed, 
because we fail to get what we want. Everyone seeks, but not everyone finds. Why can't you find what you desire? It is because we make a mental effort to achieve a result, but do not make the necessary effort to prepare the causes that generate the desired result. The universal cause and effect relationship requires one desiring an effect to make a serious effort to create the causes that are conducive to that desired effect. If you ignore the causes, there will be no effect, and then you will feel miserable when you do not obtain what you seek. We all wish to live a long time, but if we seriously want to live a healthy long life, we would not take away the lives of other sentient beings. That is why Buddha Dharma teaches us to practice vegetarianism so that we will avoid killing other sentient beings. By practicing vegetarianism, we are setting up a cause of the effect of living a long and healthy life. If you devastate the life and form of other sentient beings, how can you be healthy yourself? If you hurt the lives of other people, you can't possibly live a long life yourself because you have established a cause which results in you having a short and unhealthy life. If you want to gain what you seek, you should diligently cultivate in yourself the causes appropriate to the result that you seek. Everyone wants to live in opulence and wealth, so how is it that most of us suffer in poverty? Who, after all, does not desire respectable wealth? But if you really want to create the effect of being wealthy, you need to set up its cause, which means you need to give. The Bodhisattva's practice of the six perfections and myriad deeds emphasizes the art of giving. Similarly, if you want to become honorable and prestigious, you must give honor and prestige to others. Giving respect is the necessary cause of getting respect. If you seriously want to live in dignity, but you do not refrain from viewing others as being ennoble and unworthy, then you cannot succeed because you have not planted the relevant seeds in your heart. There are so many things we crave, but do not gain. However, if we follow the teachings of the Buddha Dharma, we will surely get what we want and be able to enjoy it at our ease. A third distress is the suffering we feel when we must part from our loved ones. How does this suffering arise? In a congenial family, the parents and their married children get along well in a natural bond of affection. And it would be wonderful to live together and enjoy such a relationship through all of our days. However, nothing is perfect in this world. At the bare minimum, younger children must leave for school and older children must go abroad for their careers, making it impossible for family members to live together every day. Everyone is different, and everyone seeks different things, so eventually everyone must leave home. If the members of a happy family are reluctant to part from one another, yet find themselves obliged to do so, they will inevitably experience their reluctance as suffering, as outright mental anguish. Of course, those who are wise understand that life is that way, and that it is impossible to be together forever as we all must pursue our own goals in life. That is, when we become too attached, our attachment leads to suffering. Some examples of this type of suffering arise when a couple has to separate shortly after getting married, or when a husband passes away and the wife mourns. 
The wife might not wish to let go of her husband because he had told her that he would be with her until they became old. However, if the king of death wants his life right this moment, who can keep him alive for even another minute? Children might want to take care of their parents to repay them for years of upbringing. But when the children finally have the ability to do so, their parents are often no longer in this world. Parents toil a lifetime for their children, but when it is time for them to sit back and relax, they are suddenly called by Yama, the king of death. Such situations give rise to bitterness in the human world, to the suffering caused by the parting from loved ones. How can we free ourselves from such suffering? The answer is to chant the Buddha's name and to dedicate the merits of our chanting to our family as a whole in hope that we will be united again by being reborn together in the Western Pure Land. In this way, we can avoid the suffering that arises when we are separated from our loved ones. The suffering that arises when we encounter things or persons that we resent and the suffering that springs from our disappointment when we fail to get what we want. The three sufferings and the eight distresses then vanish. This is the great compassion of the Buddha Dharma, which benefits the whole secular world. No suffering exists in the Pure Land. Only happiness is enjoyed there, and you may often think of suffering, but should always chant Amitabha. When we chant Amitabha, we no longer bear the burden of negative karma created by the five sins and the ten evil deeds, for they are completely extinguished when we chant. The fountain of our mind is never exhausted, no matter how much we take from it. It is the same with recitation. You chant Namo Amitabha and you repeat it. Is there any end to recitation? Of course not. When your mind is boundless, the merits of the Buddha's name is also infinite. We should often consider the suffering that is endured in human life. Otherwise, once you allow bad habits and mundane issues to surface, including even with brief flashes of mental obstacles such as jealousy or a momentary willful confusion of what is right and what is wrong, then the door to purity slams shut. We all live in the three realms of existence and endure the six paths of rebirth, and we invariably suffer. Buddhas are very compassionate. They ask us to consider often these sufferings and to expeditiously seek freedom from them. They exhort us not to create more negative karma in our ignorance, as it only brings more self-inflicted suffering. Why are we always creating negative instead of positive karma? It is because we are living in a vile and impure world which contaminates and defiles our human minds. Human beings tend to be selfish, keeping good things for themselves and leaving bad things for others. How can we be free of care when we conduct our lives with that kind of mentality? Every retributive effect is self-caused. Therefore, when we suffer, we should not complain or blame other people, as the suffering is inflicted by us. On the contrary, we need to reflect on ourselves and make the necessary changes. We need to perform good deeds and to exterminate vicious ideas and vicious acts. Only this can make it possible for us to one day achieve freedom from anguish and distress.